um, just a little intro to uh, what I'm about to say. Um, uh, being transparent here. Uh, so about a few weeks ago, uh, after service, Pastor Bradley was, uh, Pastor Keith Bradley was doing a service on damaged thrones. And at the end of it, I must admit, I had kind of zoned out. <laughs> you know, doing announcements, I had gotten a word, praise God. Uh, I heard him saying something, I heard Fast Week, and then I heard my name. And I looked up, I said, did Pastor call my name? I said, Pastor Melanie, did Pastor Bradley call my name? And she said, yeah, he want to talk to y'all, you know, after service. I said, Pastor Keith, you call my name? He said, yeah. I said, uh, I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I'd like to have you ask, have to uh, ask you to speak at Fast Week. And I couldn't turn down. I said, yeah, you know, sure. So I, I couldn't. I could not uh, pass the opportunity up. I love talking about God. I love talking about his word. Our children at home, we do Bible study at home. So anyway, um, this fast week has been amazing to me. I've been learning a lot. Um, Brother Tory brought out how sometimes we as Christians, we put on these masks and facades as if everything is okay and it's really not half the time. Um, that was powerful to me because um, I do not like to show emotions because um, to me, other people do think you're weak and I think somebody brought that out earlier this week. And uh, Sister Cinnamon brought out how sometimes we have to take time out to uh, do self-assessments and make sure that our lives line up with the Word of God in, in regards to His plan and His purpose for our lives. And that's funny that she brought that out because uh, <laughs> Pastor Keith was talking about narcissism one week. And uh, he started um, just a list of things that people who have narcissism, uh, the characteristics. And um, and I said to myself, uh-oh, I got to go home and make some changes. <laughs> so um, I want to thank him for that. Uh, it's made a difference in my marriage, in my children and my other relationships I still have work to do but I have to trust that God is um, gonna he's gonna do it for me I know that he I know that I'm a work in progress as well as some of you are um, yeah I'm not the only one I can't be um, also talked about this week was endurance and patience and time and damaged thrones um, in relationships and marriage and love. It takes all those things, endurance, time, and patience. Nothing happens overnight. Um, we do live in a society where we feel like things are supposed to just, just happen right away. And to be honest, it's not like that at all, especially if you're talking about love and marriage. 
Um, it takes time to build um, trust. It takes time for love to progress. Um, it takes time to build a business. I, I have a business. And I remember when I first started, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have maybe three or four clients to start with. But I had this idea in my mind that Lord's just going to send me all these clients. And that is not what happened, not at all. Um, and um, But that's just a little intro to... Um, endurance and patience and time on my behalf and in regards to marriage um, it takes unconditional love that's something that I had to learn because um, we hold our spouses to high expectations I know I did um, you expect them to be perfect um, when you're not perfect I'm not perfect but that's just a part of the lies that uh, we tell ourselves. Um, if you will, speaking of lies, if you will turn with me to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I'm going to read from the ESV version. So if you have another version, that's okay. It means the same thing. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Um, this is a scripture that uh, has been following me all year and I couldn't figure out why, Lord, why I keep getting this scripture? It was getting to be frustrating. It was getting to be aggravating because I read it, but uh, apparently I didn't understand it. Um, so finally, I just I got frustrated enough to say, Lord, what what do you mean by trust? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. What what does that even mean? And I, I just didn't get it. And uh, I remember talking to my mom-in-law about it, and she said, well, that just means you need to uh, get in God's word and um, remember his promises. I said, okay. And um, it just wasn't complete until one Sunday, uh, Pastor Bradley was talking about how... Um, we perceive a lot of things as, as truth. And uh, that's exactly what I have been doing uh, in regards to uh, my marriage, my business. Um, I, to me, it just, it just wasn't going to work. I said, well, Lord, um, maybe, you know, in regards to my spouse, I said, well, maybe this isn't meant to be. You know, maybe... Maybe I made a mistake, you know, uh, my business. said, maybe this is not the career I'm supposed to be in. Maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's time to do something else. Um, but then God did a wonderful thing. Um, 
he sent me people to encourage me, um, especially uh, clients. All the clients that I have have just been amazing, um, all believers. And one in particular, she thought enough of me, Amanda, if you're listening. Um, she gave me a book called The Power of a Praying Wife. It's by Stormy or Marsha. And uh, the very first verse uh, in the book is uh, also a fruit of the spirit you gave me, Pastor Bradley, um, doing one night with the king. It says, it's from Proverbs 31, 10 to 12. It says, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. So from that point, I knew that I had to do something different in my personal life and my marriage. Um, I knew I had to do a whole lot more praying because, you know, it's one thing to pray but then it's one thing to another thing to pray for specific things and one of the things that I prayed about and I believe he prayed about one Sunday was love um, we had seemed to lost the concept of uh, what love is in regards to loving each other so I did I, I read chapter after chapter about different things um, anywhere from praying for his mind and praying for praying for my mind because my mind was the one all over the place uh, just thinking about the worst case scenarios I wasn't casting down imaginations like in 2 Corinthians 10 5 I wasn't doing that I was believing the lies I was believing that um I just was a failure, to be honest. Um, I felt like I was letting myself down. I felt like I was letting my children down, my husband. I just, I didn't know what to do. So then I started reading. And the first scripture I want to read is Ephesians 5, 22 through 39. Because if we don't have a concept about who God is and what he expects us to uh, do in relates to uh, our relationships, whether it's marriage or, or friendships or children or parents, um, there is a God for all of these things. We don't have to... Um, wonder how we're supposed to love each other. So I had to do a reevaluation of my own self and look at my own self and say, am I loving the people of my life the way I'm supposed to love? Or is it one-sided? And uh, that's exactly what it's been. It's been one-sided. Um, so Ephesians 5.22 says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to read the message version. 
It says, wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to the church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving and not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words invoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they are already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That is how Christ treats us. The church, since we are part of his body, and this is why a man leaves a father and mother and treasures his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. Now, that's that's a lot. Uh, that, that's a whole lot. And I can't <laughs> really say that I've been doing that. I, mean, I don't know about y'all, but I, I can't say that I've been doing that for him. And I don't think he could say that he could be, been doing that all the way for me. But I just know that um, when you say you love somebody, there is no end to um, pleasing them, make sure that they are happy. So what I did was, you know, I did everything that I could do to make him happy. And you'd be amazed at how um, God turns things around because somebody has to start somewhere. And I, I remember I was like, Lord, why, why does it have to be me? Why I got to start first? You know, he, you know, he need to change too, you know. And that's one of the things that grabbed me in this book. And that was what the conversation she was having, uh, Stormy was having with her husband. And um, he was telling her that, you know, she has things to change. And she was like, what about him? And that's kind of the conversation I was saying, what about him, Lord? He need to change too. I can't be the only one. But I realized when I submit to God and submit to my husband, he in turn submitted to me and loved me with the love of Christ. And uh, we still have a ways to go, but I'm trusting that God is going to complete the work in us. And moving on to um, ministry, love and ministry, because, I'm sorry, love and ministry, moving on to Love in ministry, love in home, love in families, love in friendships, careers, and even how we are to act um, in our workplace. So I'm going to give you 1 Timothy 3, 4 first. And I'm going to come from ESV version. 
First Timothy three four says with ministry in mind, it says he must manage his own household well with dignity and keep his children submissive. Five says, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for his for God's church? So we have to start from within and then extend outward because we can't rightfully lead others if we're not being leaders in our own household. And then God told us what real friendship is. And I think that's John 15, 13. John fifteen thirteen. greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And uh, to me, God is the greatest friend because I don't know anybody who would sacrifice their son so that the whole world would be saved. But I also look at it in the, in the natural laying down a life could just be making a sacrifice. Like husbands, you make a sacrifice for your families when you go out and work. You have to leave them because you can't work and spend time with your family at the same time. You have to make those sacrifices. Then you got to turn over your money to us. (laughs) But I mean, it's for everybody's, you know. But, and then wives have to Make a sacrifice. No, we have to use our bodies to, you know, make the babies, have the babies, take care of the babies, and you can't both, well, some people, if you're rich enough, you have nannies, take care of children or whatever, but if you like me, you had to raise all your children. So um, I had to give up my identity as a single person and be a wife and be a mother, which I don't regret. It's been the most rewarding experience experience for me, excuse me. Um, And in regards to uh, finances, we have to show God our love through finances by paying our tithes. Um, Because that's telling God thank you. When he didn't have to bless us with anything. And I'm going to come from Malachi 3.10 and Matthew 25 through 29, which talks about talents. And when I think about talents, I think about skills, um, not necessarily money, because we know people have uh, multiple talents, skills, um, avenues to make money. And I feel like if we're faithful to give God the glory and our skills and our talents, then he will cause us to reap a harvest. What did I say? Malachi 3 10. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Therefore, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If not, I will. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you, 
and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. So just giving back God 10% of what we earn is really not a, a whole lot because we get to keep, keep the 90%. And then we don't have to worry about sudden disasters with, you know, income. Because I remember before I knew what tithing was, oh, we always had to pay. Something always came up um, just and, and then didn't have the money to pay for it. So that's stress. So to me, that's God's protection over our possessions. And also, it um, stores up a harvest for later. Um, while we're on the subject of tithing, I, I know that God blesses. I know that God gives favor when you tithe because... I remember seven years ago, my husband and I were believing God to um, give us a house. Um, we had been renting since both our children been born, and uh, we decided to go through a program. And uh, I remember, but sometimes it feels like, like God's not going to come through, but I swear he comes through every time. And um, we started that program in January of 2012, I think that's right, 2012. And, you know, they had to check credit, um, you had to get approved, and you had to put in sweat equity hours, and then you got to go through the progress, um, the, what is the homeowners classes. And I think by... I want to say by the summer we were approved for the house. And we moved in our house in December. We were supposed to move in in November, but um, something happened uh, where there was some kind of delay. But out of all, and we had a house built. So out of all the lots that was out there, they picked our house to build in one week. One week. They built a house in one week. It's called a blitz. I, I, it, it happened really fast. It's not something they do all the time. It's like, I don't know how often they did. I hadn't even ever heard of it. But I knew that God was showing us favor. But yeah, he built, they built a house in one week. And um, I think for... And then we didn't have to pay rent till like maybe like three months later or something like that. Yes, God showed God showed up and showed out. Yes, He did. <laughs> That's how I remember when story. Um, and I wanted to elaborate a little bit more about marriage because. Marriage is, to me, the pillars of communities, churches, um, families. Um, 
I know that we did a, or Pastor Bradley did a sermon about damaged thrones, and I couldn't help but first think about marriage because um, my husband's side of the family, there's longevity in marriage. They've been married, various couples been married 25, 30 years, and you know, on, on my side, not so much. And I, that was something I really wanted um, to work was my marriage. Um, just because it was a dream of mine to be a mom and a wife. And um, at one point, it was kind of like, well, you know, it works, it works, it don't, it don't. Kind of had that attitude. But when you have children, you can, it's like you can't think about yourself anymore. You have to think about their future and how you have a heavy responsibility to be an example for them so they can see uh, what marriage is supposed to be like. And we are both always been in the church well he has always been in church um i i went to church when we were dating but it wasn't like um all the time like you might catch me on easter christmas <laughs> something like that you know um but when i <laughs> you know because of the shame you know you live in a certain way and you don't want, you know, the spotlight put on you. So I stayed away for that reason. But um, my husband, he was in church. And that's what um, motivated me to start going back to church. And so to me, when I looked back on it and I thought about it, I said, he's got to be the one. Because if he wasn't the one, I don't think that God would have put us together. And I know God put us together because he led me back. Well, I say he was an instrument to bring me back to church. Because, you know, at that age, we were in our 20s, you know, most guys didn't think about going to church. Um, but, <laughs> true, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like I had to look back and think about all the good things um, that uh, we helped, we built together. And I'm a work in progress, he's a work in progress, but we're both great parents and we try to keep each other happy and um, we, we love our families. Both of us are family oriented and uh, I thank God for him. He's, he's a great guy. Um, we have wonderful children, wonderful parents, and uh, I just thank God for that. Um, cause some people don't have that. Um, we take so much for granted. I think somebody talked about that. How does no, Pastor Brad? She talked about that yesterday. How we take things for granted. Um, when God, He didn't have to get. He didn't have to. Uh, allow us to be married. He didn't have to uh, give us children, um, but he did, and I and I thank God for that.
Um, I know that God is a God of unity and love. Um, Genesis 2, 2, 22-24 talks about how he made um, Adam and Eve. Well, he made Adam first, but he always had Adam and Eve in mind. He made Adam first because he's the head. And uh, it just shows you that God is a God of order. He meant for... He meant for the man to be the head and then the wife. Well, we know that God in Christ is first. And what did I say? Two, twenty-two. two. I mean, I'm sorry, two, twenty. The man... The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. And then on the 22, it says, And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This is at last bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And then 24 says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So we know that God loves love and marriage. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, everybody has an idea of what they thought love and marriage is about in relationships. Um, if you will share your thoughts about what you thought it was before you knew Christ. And what do you think now? Um, before I thought love was just an emotion and uh, a feeling. Um, however, I felt that's what love was. And when I knew Christ and being married and being a mom, it, it's, mm -hmm. it has no, um, it's not about like what I give, you get in return. You know, it, it, it doesn't have that. It, it's, um, it's not about your emotions and feelings, you know. Um, I know for, for husbands, they're supposed to love Christ as they love the church. How we love our kids is sacrificial love. There's different types of love. Um, and so with that, I've learned, and I'm still learning, you know, that it, it, it's an action. It's not about emotion and feeling. And it's all about Christ. And there's no value to it, you know. Okay. And there's no tit for tat when it comes to love and how much you show love. So that's what I've learned. Sorry to mean to be that good. Good. I got a thought. Uh, I, I thought it was 50-50. I thought it Yeah, like, so I get 50, you get 50. And then I probably was waiting for you to give your 50 before you even get mine. Um, but uh, since living for God, I realized it's totally selfless. It's independent of what I get. It's just giving all myself to that individual. And trusting. 
that, uh, that I'll get my part. Stop. <laughs> okay, so for me, I thought that I wouldn't have to do anything. <laughs> like, like, okay, we say we love you, we love each other, and therefore we, you know, it'll just magically come together. <laughs> You know, they say you live happily ever after. Well, I was looking for my happily ever after, and it didn't come. What would you say? Without any work. I mean, really. And so uh, that was my ex expectation. And so um, now, having been married, uh, I see that that was unrealistic. And, um, you know, also, we have to check sometimes... Um, we have unrealistic expectations, but we get angry with the person for not meeting them. Yes. And it's a setup. It's it's a, it sets you up for it failure. Um, so, you know, that, that's another thing that I learned, you know. Um, I'm, I learned that not just in marriage, but also just in relationships, period. You know, with my dad and, you know, my mom. You know, some, some of the expectations that we have are so far out there that the person couldn't meet it even if they tried. Right. And so uh, it, it really helps you to guard your heart when you have that, uh, that mindset because no one is perfect. Uh, we're all, you know, hopefully moving towards perfection. Um, but love is uh, deep now. I'm realizing love is deeper than just the word. You yes. know what I mean? We throw it out like it's just candy. Yes. Uh, but to be honest with you, love is, is uh, agape love, I'm saying, is, is so powerful if we really embrace it and we, um, you know, really, like, yearn for it, like, thirst for it, like, you know, want to do it. Um, because our human side doesn't want to express or, you know, uh, give love in the way that God wants us to give it. So it's like our old man is warring against the new man. Yes. <laughs> and the new man is like, no, I want to love them. I want to love them. And, and the old man's like, yeah, but, you know, what they said. Yeah, but what they did. And so it's this constant war from, you know, the natural man and the spiritual man. Um, with uh, trying to live this walk, love walk out. So love to me is a beautiful thing, and I'm talking about the agape love, is a beautiful thing when we really embrace it, live in it, walk in it, and, and do it. Um, you, know, uh, I, you know, I'm just, it, but it takes time. It takes time. I just wanted to um, piggyback on what Pastor Mel was talking about. Um, as far as like having, and what you were talking about as far as like having the expectations. Like one of my, um, my my favorite wisdom nuggets to give out when it comes or pertains to expectations expectations with no communications is an oh, argument yes, it it's it's something that you know so i i've realized being married that my wife and i um come from two different backgrounds and so my definition of a word may be completely different from her definition of a word but the word is the same word um also when it pertains to love um i've realized um that love is a choice Every day that I wake up, I choose to love my wife. I choose to love my daughter. I choose to love my mom. I choose to love my brothers and my sisters. Like, I just choose to continue to love them um, despite, you know, anything that we may have gone through or anything I may have done or anything that they may have done. Um, because uh, I'm supposed to love them as Christ loves the church. And Christ says that he's married to the backslider. So that's someone who's denying him. And in spite of them denying him, he still loves them. That's, right. that's the ultimate love, to give his life for someone that can care less about you. That's something that I don't, 
I know for sure that I wouldn't have been able to do. Um, but I'm just grateful that he's been that example um, for me to see, for me to, um, to choose love.